my name's Justin McClure. I'm here today with Will Sloan. And you're listening to The Important Cinema Club, episode 300. God, I can't believe we've made it. 300 episodes. And we have somehow never talked about this subject before, even though it is a favorite of yours, Will, and it's one that I'm getting into just by doing this episode. Of course, we're talking about... Somebody once told me the world was gonna roll me. That's uh, right, we're talking about <laughs> Shrek Donkey! The little tramp who captured the world's heart, made the world laugh and cry. So, Will, what do you remember about Shrek? Well, I was 12 years old when the first Shrek came out, which was a pretty ideal age to see it. I saw it in a theater, thought it was okay. And then for the next two years, I saw it generously 500 more times in classrooms and like on the school ski trip, on the bus and in French class in French. And just like the last week of school in many different classes, they'd be like, oh, we got a VHS copy of Shrek. Let's throw this in. The kids like Shrek. What was it with people just going Shrek crazy? Like I have the same story as you. Teachers continually played Shrek. It's like they gave these VHS tapes for free to people. So the context for Shrek, it's easy to forget, was after a decade and a half of the Disney revival, the whole uh, Jeffrey, the Renaissance. Yeah, the Jeffrey Katzenberg, Michael Eisner era of Disney, where it was the Little Mermaid and Aladdin and Beauty and the, Beauty Beast. And the Beast, all these all these very like beautiful and slick and rather earnest Disney cartoon films. And uh, along came this movie that was that was going to kind of take the piss out of that. This ain't your your grandpa's animated movie and do you like a little movie called the matrix which came out a couple <laughs> years before this well guess what there's some parodies in this so not only was this a popular kids movie but i remember reading the toronto star newspaper when it came out five stars for shrek <laughs> five star well it's a con film wasn't it yeah it was in the official competition at con in the jury that i believe Liv ullman was the president of <laughs> And so she sat uh, and watched Shrek. Uh, Roger Ebert, four stars. I mean, this was regarded as like a real breath of fresh air and borderline revolutionary. So I was recently looking at some clips from Shrek before we're doing this in the marathon format where me and Will will watch all four Shrek movies. Guess what, Will? We're also watching probably the 3D ride because uh, it's part of the story. Don't get. And just looking at Shrek's face, I'm like, ugh. I hate it. Well, we've been living in Shrek's world for the last 20 years. I mean, you know, that era of Disney animated movies like Beauty and the Beast, I kind of long for it again. Those really earnest, just like, we've been living in this world of winking postmodern. Uh, the DreamWorks, you know, yeah. smile, uh, like eyebrow raised, half smile on their mouth. Yeah, some animated character voiced by like Will Smith or somebody making pop culture references for the parents. We've been living in that for a long time. Yeah, you know, Will Smith, of course, starred in the box office smash a shark's tail that we all remember co-starring martin scorsese <laughs> shrek is a movie that i see mentioned all the time never in glowing terms very rarely are people like oh, i love shrek it's always ironically usually shrek doing something disgusting it's true shrek has become over the last probably 15 years like very central to internet meme mm -hmm. culture and i think it's because like, it's this reaction to the fact it was such a snarky movie, but also, you know, such an obviously commercial, shameless enterprise that just like like it's a movie that professed to be sort of like, ah, we're going to we're going to tell it like it is about Disney culture, but then just became instantly the most mercenary brand that just completely wore out its thin charm, beat it into the ground. And again, 
Shrek looks like shit. So anytime you put a photo of Shrek from the movie, or even worse, a video game, you just recoil in horror when you see him. Even if you grew up with him and saw him every day. Well, I think you're going to learn a valuable lesson watching this movie about how actually that sort of beauty is only skin deep. (laughs) And, you know, somebody like Shrek actually is a good man underneath, and maybe Princess Fiona is harboring some secrets of her own. Are you looking forward to hanging out with Mike Myers? for four movies no you suggested this idea a week and a half ago and i laughed really hard and i said yes we have to do that i've been dreading it ever since (laughs) do you think it will be more or less painful than the american pie and earnest marathons that we've done god i mean the further i get away from the earnest marathon that we did the the fonder i think of it because i have such a deeply ingrained affection for earnest but i mean i do know that that was a very difficult day Mm mm-hmm one movie in you're like no more please i'm done (laughs) so i do think the median level of quality of the movies is going to be a lot higher than the earnest marathon but also the earnest movies had a more handcrafted charm to them didn't they they will be no charm in these shrek films yeah they're cynical corporate garbage i can't believe there's four of them as well i know like the the last one is kind of an it's a wonderful life type (laughs) thing where shrek dreams that he'd never been born it's that situation because by that point they had just completely run out of ideas is there a place for a Shrek reboot? Before we watch the movies, do you think he could come back? Oh, I think he can and he will come back at some point. There is there is money to be made off Shrek and the shrek averse and whenever <laughs> there's money, he will come back and I think, again, I'm pitching this to Steven Spielberg and Jeffrey Katzenberg and whoever owns the Shrek brand. I think that they should make it a parody of not fairy tale shit, not, not all that, but they should make it a reaction in some way to what's happened to Cancel animated culture. Mo- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shrek-, shrek can't make the same jokes anymore. No, just a reaction to like uh, animated films in the 20 years since. That's what I think it should so be. So they're just going to make fun of what Shrek brought onto the world? Yeah, it could be like the Austin Powers in gold member of the series. Oh, God. Well, I think we'll probably see the Austin Powers in gold member in the four movies we're about to watch. So let's go do that now. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. And we're back having just watched Shrek Part 1. I'm Shrek and I'm dead sexy. Wait a minute, that's not from Shrek at all. That's from the classic Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Folks, we watched not only the first Shrek from 2001, but Justin also showed me Scared Shrekless. No, it wasn't Scared Shrekless. Oh, wait, what That's was another it? special. It's oh. The Ghost of Lord Farquaad, but it's included in Shrek's Spooky Tales. Okay. <laughs> Even though that Lord Farquaad's ghost one is just Shrek 3D The Ride. Okay, so we wa- we watched a Universal Studios or <laughs> yes. Disneyland or whatever ride. It's definitely not a Disneyland. Okay, right, right, right. And it had 3D effects that we did So not- like Shrek would pull and he'd be like, look over there. And we did not see them in 3D. No, we did not. Yeah. We pretended they were in 3D. We were like, ah, when it happened. Anyway, the first track, what can you say about it? I remember the first half very well, and I don't remember the second half. And watching the movie, I realized why. No jokes in the second half. Correct. I think also, probably in all those classrooms and all those bus trips that I saw Shrek, I probably only saw the first half because it's like, <laughs> oh, the class is 40 minutes. Watch 40 minutes of Shrek. So yeah, I remembered almost every line, almost every gag of the first half second half bit of a chore so starts off real strong uh fairy book and then shrek wipes his ass with it <laughs> kicks open the outhouse door somebody once told, told me though. and me and will were jumping to our feet we're like yeah so you know for a while i thought that's smash mouth's only song basically but then i was reminded that they have 
another song, which is at the end of the movie. Well, the cover of uh, Then I Saw Her Face. Da, 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 da. And they I'm also have Walking on the Sun. Not represented on the Shrek soundtrack. No, it is not. But you know what is represented? All the stars of the movie, which appear in the opening credits. No names of any creative people. But you see Mike Myers, Cameron Diaz, Eddie Murphy, and John Liska. Which was considered a novelty at the time because Robin Williams did not get his name on the poster of Aladdin because he wasn't paid enough for Yeah, it. he didn't want them to advertise him in Aladdin. And uh, you can find some YouTube videos about this, but like they did. They exploited his name. He was very angry. And then they backed up a big truck full of money to his house and he was fine. Yeah, that's right. He's like, oh yeah, I'll do the Aladdin voice on, I don't know, the third feature length animated film. Get out of here, Dan Castellana. I mean, all of these animated films previous to Shrek, uh, actually Oliver and Company, which is another Jeffrey Katzenberg joint, uh, usually would have, you know, the voice acting mafia. So you have like Jim Cummings, uh, Ron Paulson, you have the same people over and over again. But also some some of the 90s Disney cartoons, though, like Mel Gibson does a voice in Pocahontas. Uh, James Woods is the villain. In, That's uh, a Jeffrey Katzenberg touch, though. Yeah. Shrek- Jeffrey Katzenberg brought in, you know, the Woodman and S- Sly Stallone. And he, like they did a proto all-star animated movie with ants. Now, I saw ants theatrically when it played. I feel like every kid did. Did not like it. <laughs> I, I'm actually, I mean, honestly, I, I would rather be watching ants now rather than Shrek 2. Just because you're the ant. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> just because Shrek has been so overexposed. I think I'd like to watch like something else. I mean, you love Sly Stallone. You love Woody Allen. And yeah. you can't get enough of Sharon Stone, I think, is that, the other voice. That's right. Dan Aykroyd's in there, too. Oh, is he? Wow. Yeah. So we should talk a little bit about uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg. If people don't know, he uh, was put as the head of the animation division of Disney under Michael Eisner's reign? Uh, yeah, so, you know, DreamWorks SKG. The SKG stands for Spielberg, Katzenberg, Geffen. And <laughs> all good men that have no problems about them. For many years, Katzenberg toiled at Disney under the leadership of Michael Eisner. And then he went off, made, did DreamWorks. I mean, I think Ants, was that not a ripoff of A Bug's Life? Like well, they, they legally, it. he says that uh, they had the idea much before A Bug's Life. Right. And it came out first, like mm-hmm. it beat it to theaters by like two weeks or something like that. And if you read any history of Disney during that period, Jeffrey Katzenberg was basically like the bull in the china shop who almost destroyed every of those Disney Renaissance pictures, wanted to cut musical numbers, wanted to put more stars in the movies. Well, he he did like Shrek as his baby. And, oh, it is 100% and his that's baby. that's a, a money mill, so let him have Shrek. He has not made a mistake since Shrek. No. <laughs> no issues. Quibby. We're, we're all on our phone. We're quibbing it up, right? I mean, we all watch Father of the Pride once every year. <laughs> I mean, it continues onward. Some people think it may even beat The Simpsons the longest running animated TV show. I was having trouble watching Shrek 1, believe it or not, because... Oh, I, God, we got three more, Will. I was trying to just put myself back in the headspace of what was it like when this was fresh, when this was new? And there were a lot of gags in it. There were one or two gags that I thought held up, like when she's singing with the bird and the bird explodes and then she cooks the bird's eggs. That That's was funny. funny. That's a funny cutaway. I mean, there were a lot of just pop culture references that I thought were a little lame. And the characters of Shrek and Donkey, whatever charm they once had, I think has been completely dissipated. Yeah, there, there's no more blood left in that stone. Now, I am a little concerned that maybe there are going to be people listening to this like, sometimes we'll do an episode on what we think is an easy target, like Shrek. You think people love Shrek? Well, there might be some people out there listening who are like, oh, I kind of like, I, Shrek's my childhood favorite movie. Oh, you're allowed? It could be a childhood favorite movie. Yeah. Now watch it 
with eyes and ears now. <laughs> the second half of Shrek is really grueling. Mm-hmm. Where it's all like dramatic and they're sad and they have misunderstandings and they fight. But what about that Matrix parody? That's still fresh, right? Oh, that's funny stuff. There's a, there is a river dance parody in that scene as well. <laughs> and me and Will were just laughing it up. I mean, watching this movie, all I remember are all the lines that me and my friends would quote just because it's in an animated movie, I guess. Like, parfait. Everybody loves parfaits. I'm making waffles. <laughs> yeah, that's not even a joke. Yeah. It's just a non sequitur. But every day at school, you could not stop just repeating that to each other. So when we recorded the intro to this episode, it feels like five weeks ago. <laughs> did we mention that Chris Farley was originally supposed to? We did not. Okay, yeah. Chris Farley, in fact, recorded pretty much his whole role. You can go on YouTube and find one scene where you hear Chris Farley's voice. Now, is it just because Shrek has become so overexposed over the years that I right now think Farley would have been better? No, Farley is a better actor than Mike Myers. And he's funnier. And he's funnier. And he's more sympathetic than Mike Myers as well. Like all the drama stuff in this, like, ugh, especially when Mike Myers is saying it. See, I agree with you. But then also, is my perception just so clouded by 20 years of nonstop Shrek in, in the culture? Again, like if I could transport back in time and get rid of everything I know and just watch this fresh. But. You know the actors, Chris Farley and Mike Myers, you know what they do well, even voice-wise. And Chris Farley has such a sympathetic voice. He's such a gentle soul. Exactly. So even him getting angry would be more frustrating than kind of Mike Myers being like, I don't want anybody to make eye contact with me. I ain't a baby. (laughs) That's right. I'm Shrek. Shrek is love. Shrek is light. At the same time... I understand why this movie was a hit because, you know, it's poking fun at all those fairy tales, which feels so old, even in like 2001. Oh, man. Can you believe they dared to make fun of like Pinocchio (laughs) or Disneyland? Oh, man. Raking them over the coals. Yeah. But us as a population, we ate it up. We could not get enough of the Shrek. Was this perceived as subversive at the time in some way that like a movie went after went after Disneyland? They had a dating game parody. (laughs) Which was already, like, old hat when Mallrats did it in the early 90s. Yeah. I I mean, like, even The Simpsons did a Disneyland parody that was way funnier than anything in Shrek. That's right. But, you know, when Shrek, he um, wrestles those knights and then what song plays? Uh, Uh, I don't know. I I don't know. It wasn't this song, but it might as well have been, I get knocked down, (laughs) but I get up again. You better have knocked me down. That song feels like it was part of the Shrek soundtrack in some form, like commercials (laughs) or something like that. Yeah. Well, you know... how about a steal my sunshine? Do 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 do. I'm hoping there's like a I'm a butterfly, sugar baby, come my baby, come come my baby. As you pointed out, the next couple of tracks are going to be fun because we're going to see some really dated pop culture references. That's right. And I'm I'm laying down bets. Are we going to get the Osbournes? Well, we're definitely getting American Idol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're definitely going to get that. What else is popular? I mean, we'll tease that perhaps a certain king, a Larry. King will be making an appearance. I can't wait. <laughs> so, oh, oh man, I hope there's some really dated voices that are going to come, like that were just popular in that moment. Well, yeah, can we get like Ruben Stuttered or <laughs> I or, don't even know who that is. That's one of the American Idol winners. Uh, who is Clay Par- Aikens? Is, he was an American Idol guy, right? Is Paris Hilton going to do a voice? Oh, we're definitely going to get at least one Paris Hilton reference at some point. You think so? I think so. Oh man, yeah. well, I'm excited. This is uncharted territory for me and Will. Shrek. <laughs> we're going to write them at the end which one was the best so remember keep your scorecards out and i'm excited to go on this shrektacular with everybody oh we didn't really talk about the 3d one nothing happens in it it's boring yeah yeah we learned that fire can kill ghosts 
Yeah. Me and Will pretended we were in the chairs and we shook around at the plate. Yeah. So, see you in the next Shrek. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Well, we're back. More Shrek than we were before. We just watched Shrek 2, which was the most financially successful of the franchise. And it's twice as good as the first one, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, Will? Well, this one also played in competition at Cannes. Oh, that's the year uh, where Quentin Tarantino was on the jury. Old Boy. Old Boy, Fahrenheit 9-11, Tropical Malady 2046, Big, and Shrek 2. Do you think they watched like Tropical Malady and then Shrek 2 in the same day? Probably, right? I think Quentin... It's a good chance he liked this one better. Just just knowing just knowing his taste. I don't know. I mean, he loved all the references to the 70s. Has a lot of L.A. references as well. So yeah, Shrek 2, massive, massive hit. I am feeling just a little bit tired of this marathon already. I'm a little tired of these characters. I'm tired of Donkey. Donkey! 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 He's making waffles. That's right. He doesn't say it in this movie. I feel like it'll come back before this marathon's over, though. Okay. What's the plot of Shrek 2? So you may think... Isn't the story tied up in the first one? <laughs> yeah, we don't need any more adventures. And you would be right. <laughs> Nevertheless, in this one, Fiona and Shrek, who are both fully ogre. Yeah, they ogred out. They went full ogre mode. She decides to take Shrek to meet her parents, the king and queen of far, far away. And they don't know that their lovely daughter has married an ogre or that she's fully ogred out herself. They sent Prince Charming, uh, voiced by Rupert Everett. <laughs> People love Rupert Everett. They could not get enough of Rupert back then. The cemetery man himself. They sent Rupert Everett to retrieve her, but Shrek got her first. And so they go to far, far away, which is kind of like L.A. Not kind of like. It is L.A. It's got an Angeline billboard. It's got the Hollywood Hills. And the king and queen are voiced by John Cleese and Julie Andrews. John Cleese, who we discussed as the movie was playing, may have one of the most funny, and by funny, I mean unfunny, I, careers I mean, post-Python. I mean, disgraceful. <laughs> disgraceful. The, some, of the, some of the movies that he's in. But yeah, he, he does the shtick. He does the... <laughs> Manuel! We're in some kind of faulty tower! <laughs> it's a rat race! The Wokesters are destroying oh, no. comedy. Is there a Roman Polanski cameo at some point in one of these Shrek films? I mean, uh, yeah. I, I... Welcome to Far, Far Away. <laughs> no one can see me putting on a glove as I'm doing it. Rush Hour 3 reference right mm -hmm. there. So yeah, uh, Shrek, he's in the kingdom and the king gets in cahoots with the fairy godmother played by Jennifer Saunders. To... We're all French and Saunders fans here, right, Will? Never what? watched one yeah. episode of it. Whatever. He gets her to uh, get a potion that would will make Prince Charming fall in love or her, make Fiona fall in love with Prince Charming that they'll become actual humans. Then Shrek gets a potion that he turns him into a human. Film and, dies the second he turns human. And he's hot. Yeah, yeah that's Shrek, right. Shrek is hot. But that's not what we came to see when we signed up for Shrek 2. We, I know. I wanted more ogre. Did I, though? I don't know. <laughs> I want his big, ugly face, as big a close-up as you can get. And you know what? I'm going to be honest. One more jokes in these movies. I will reiterate the issue that I had with the first movie, which is that I've been in Shrek world for too long. These characters are too familiar. The jokes. I haven't seen this one before, but the whole Shrek milieu has no novelty for me at this point. And I kept, again, trying to put myself back in the position of what if it was 2004? What if it was the height of Shrek mania? Would I find this funny? Now, we weren't even children when we saw Shrek for the first time. We were like 11, 12. Yeah. And so this one came out when I was 15. And so I didn't see it. No, I think I maybe saw it uh, in a class at some point. Mm -hmm. Even at that point, teachers still putting on Shrek too. I remember the 
the opening set to Counting Crows, Accidentally in Love, which I thought was part of the first movie, and I remembered almost nothing else. I did not know what the plot was. I didn't remember the Shrek turned human in it. Something that I feel confident saying, no matter when you see this movie, is I don't, obviously it's <laughs> I not, don't like it. <laughs> yeah, obviously it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole plot... Uh, it, box office would say differently, Will. I guess so. The whole plot feels like one of those direct-to-video Disney sequels from the 90s, where mm-hmm. it's like the story's wrapped up, and it's like, oh, uh, but what if Cinderella... Started uh, breakdancing yeah, or something yeah. like that. But yeah, I didn't I didn't find it all that funny, you know. Do you know who was the person that spearheaded those director video sequels? Guess who? Jeffrey Katzenberg. Yeah. 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 Until they literally bled it dry to the point that like people would not touch them anymore. That they're like, oh God, a prequel to The Little Mermaid? No, thank you. But for Shrek fans... Uh, one of the exciting things in this is you all remember in the first movie the donkey and that big dragon fell in love and at the last scene of this movie you find out that the dragon gave birth to some donkey dragon kids so that means donkey blew a big load in that dragon exactly he got all horned up he <laughs> donkey penetrated the dragon somehow well, he probably ha- just like ow. his whole body went in oh like the brothers grim yeah so he's just like <laughs> jizzing like in a circle yeah like a like um uh, i don't know and you can imagine the eddie murphy voice going like i'm jizzing i'm jizzing <laughs> Yeah, spinning in circles. Yeah. And you go to uh, Burger King and get like a donkey that jizzes. Yeah. That spins in a circle too. Yeah, and apparently it was much like the real Eddie Murphy, very dense sperm because he has many children. <laughs> How many children does Eddie Murphy have? I found this out when I was looking at his IMDb on my phone today. Ten kids. Ten kids! That's wow. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. That's a lot of kids. So, Shrek the man two... cannot stop coming. <laughs> Dragons! <laughs> Pull out, Eddie, for God's sake. Uh, I remember reading an article around the time that uh, Dolomite was coming out that, like, he's just sitting in his mansion and his kids are just around. He's just hanging out with them the entire time. It's amazing to be so rich that you could just keep having kids and it doesn't even matter. Like, you don't, you barely notice. You probably don't even know they're there. It's like the every sperm is sacred scene. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, Monty Python, that reminds me of the good times. So I feel like we're going to get into more celebrity voice casting from here on out. They had like some British, you know, John Cleese, Julie Andrews, you know, royalty that can come in and do some voices. Well, Eric Idle's in the next one. We want some Justin Timberlake who's coming in these movies as well. Not like Donkey, he's actually going to appear in the film. So the American Idol pair Parody was not in this one. It will probably be in the next one. That's right, because uh, Larry King doing the voice of the ugly stepsister. Yeah, yeah, correct. <laughs> Real funny joke. Correct. <laughs> not a lot of funny jokes in this one. Like we were sitting there waiting, open to it. I, I will say though that I kept track of some of the pop culture references. Uh, we opened with a "From Here to Eternity" parody. It never gets old. Uh, there were a couple of Lord of the Rings jokes. There's a Beverly Hillbillies reference. Uh, there's Fiona in the Marilyn Monroe dress above the sewer grate. Uh, at one point, peculiarly, Donkey makes reference to Shirley Bassey, <laughs> yes. who I guess exists in this world. Do you think that that's just Eddie Murphy riffing? Uh, that seems maybe. like a reference that, like... They're like, do Robin Williams for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just make a bunch of jokes. Uh, that's the reference of somebody who's been famous too long and hasn't kept up with the, with pop culture mm-hmm. since he became Absolutely. famous. Just like when he floats in the first one, he's like, I've seen this fly, I've seen a super fly. Making reference, of course, to the film about the drug dealer. <laughs> I won't go over every pop culture reference, but the other important one is there's an O.J. Simpson white, <laughs> white Bronco parody that transitions into a parody of TV's comedy. Which made me ask, Will, when did the cops phenomenon go away? Because it seemed omnipresent in the 90s. Every single TV show did a parody. Did The Simpsons do one? Of course they did. Bad cops, bad cops. There were so many shows like Cops Mm -hmm. as well. It's kind of up to about Steven Seagal Lawman. (laughs) Because he had the last, you know, stamp on this 
topic. And, you know, it was Steven Seagal's own personal troubles that made a lot of people conscious of the fact that the police themselves can be fallible. What? Yeah, no. No, no it, it's true. It's like many of the, like, defund the police movements are a direct result of Steven Seagal. <laughs> Because he's a left-wing guy, right? And he's the one that's championing that. Uh, yeah, I don't know how left-wing uh, Let me go idea. look on his Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, no! I mean, O.J. Simpson in 2005? It's like Shrek's riding a white horse and there's like, it's like we're following a white Bronco, you know? Oh, God. Like, I'm shocked there wasn't a Monica Lewinsky joke in the film. <laughs> you know, there's always Shrek, th- Shrek 3 and 4. Any final thoughts on Shrek uh, 2, Will? I say onwards and upwards. <laughs> yeah. They can only go up from here, right? The, the next one is going to have two pythons in it. So oh, that's let, double the good. Let's let's do it. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running. And we're back having just watched Shrek the Third. So I have two things to say just right off the top. First, earlier in the episode, I teased that there would be an American Idol parody in this. There was not. Disgusting. I think the confusion came from, I once saw an appearance from around this time of Jerry Lewis on the Larry King show. And Larry King showed a clip, presumably it was a DVD extra or something, Mm. or a deleted scene of his ugly stepsister character auditioning on a, a Shrek version of American Idol and the judges commenting on him. And then it cut back to Jerry and Larry in the studio and Jerry saying, that's funny. Can I guess what the second one is? Is it? Shrek fucks. <laughs> uh, okay, that's the third thing. No, okay. Uh, so, second thing, yes. Shrek, this is a movie that does make you think a lot about Shrek laying pipe. He is shirtless and pantsless a lot in this movie. It opens with him and Fiona, like, in bed in the morning, and, like, there's sex energy coming from him. <laughs> that's and right. And then when Donkey comes in, does his shtick, pulls off the, the sheets, it's implied that he sees Shrek's dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or as Will says, Shrek's dick that is damp with Fiona's juice. <laughs> yeah, just moist and limp. <laughs> what a rock hard. Yeah. He may have just finished and then donkey. No, comes in. I, I think I think when he I think probably by the time there it's like Shrek had fucked so many times. So it was probably <laughs> just like just just a, a little spongy. Anyway, we don't need to get too far into that. Yeah, the internet can help you with that. Uh, and the last thing I want to say just off the top is this is an article from the May twenty first two thousand seven issue of the Toronto Star. <laughs> The headline, Eric Idle considers suing Shrek makers over gag. Oh, man. Comedy legend Eric Idle stormed out of the premiere of Shrek the Third after they nicked one of his gags, according to 99.9 Mix FM. The furious Monty Python star revealed he had no idea they were going to use the joke, even though he stars in it. And he's now considering legal action, etc., etc., etc. In the hit movie, made by DreamWorks, Prince Charming is seen riding a horse, telling how he fought and killed the ogre. But as the camera pans out, he is seen on a hobby horse with a minion banging two coconut halves together to make a clippity clap sound the gag is a direct lift from idol's 1975 classic comedy monty python and the holy grail it's been stolen patently by shrek 3 i'm happy to say so we'll be able to sue their asses he says uh, that is bananas i've talked uh when we were watching the movie how eric idol is like famously very litigious about that kind of stuff told by the presenter that it was meant as a mark of admiration idol who voices the merlin character lashed out do you think if I stole your wallet, that'd be a homage to your money? <laughs> it's just a generic, I, can't, I guess I can't really do an Eric Idle voice, per se. I, I can just, imagine I it. I could just do a Cockney voice. <laughs> yeah, hello, it's more <laughs> Eric Hello, hello, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more, say no more. So this movie, three times as good as <laughs> Shrek 2, right? Well, I gotta say, I was remembering the first one longingly. <laughs> Shrek 1 had a much greater sense of purpose, much greater reason for being than Shrek 3. When the movie started, I went, hey, Will, just 94 four minutes that 
four hours ago, it felt like, <laughs> like I said that. This is the slowest of all the Shreks. I mean, we said that Shrek 2 was felt inessential, but mm. I mean, this one. So the, the plot is that Frog King of the Kingdom, voiced by John Cleese, dies. dies. And he, he names that his heir will be Prince Ar- uh, Prince Arthur, King Arthur. Well, that's because Shrek king doesn't want to be king. Right. So it's got to be Arthur. Famous of, of you know... Uh, Arthurian legend, exactly. etc. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Grail. All that. You think Eric Idle's like, King Arthur, you <laughs> nicked that from us! Okay, you know what else is funny about that is the thing with coconuts uh, making hoof sounds. They used to do that in old radio. That's mm-hmm. how they got hoof sounds in radio. So some radio guy should sue Monty Python. Yeah. Oh, what? They're doing a parody of sam peckinpah how dare they also fiona is pregnant and so shrek has to deal with first finding uh, arthur and uh, dealing with his own anxiety about fatherhood and i would say that we are for the most part pretty far from him doing a lot of ogre-ish behavior about three quarters into the movie i turned to will and went what is shrek's shtick because like in the first one, you know, he's wiping his ass with the fairy tale book. It's he's like, an ogre. He's somebody rude. once yeah. told me this he's, one. Nothing. He's just a pretty normal character in this. He's mm-hmm. he's insecure more than anything. Just an insecure fat character who fucks. <laughs> <laughs> just like Donkey. And we didn't even mention that Puss in Boots was introduced in the last movie. Oh, God. How did we forget that? Well, because he barely does anything in the film. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say some nice things. I thought Puss in Boots, his first scene in Shrek 2 was kind of cute. It mm-hmm. was funny. Uh, there's a funny scene in Shrek 3 where Donkey, possessed by Puss in Boots, it's complicated, guys. It involves Merlin, uh, tries to do Puss in Boots like big eyes. I laughed at that. That was funny. There were, yeah, these movies all have scattered laughs in them, but. Every time Will laughed was always something Gingerbread Man related. Like, is, is that true? Yeah, you were like, that's a good joke. Always Gingerbread Man. I, that's, I'm surprised to hear that, actually, because I'm very tired of the Shrek repertory company at this point. Pinocchio, the Three Bears, the. Every the, time he showed up! Will was all left. I think it's just because I like Mr. Bill. Yeah, I have childhood memories of Mr. Bill and Gingerbread Man. I mean, oh, that's who should sue Shrek 3. <laughs> yes, is. I'm not lying. The guy who created Mr. Bill. Well, maybe if the Gingerbread Man was injured more often, like if he was injured every scene, you could get right. that Mr. Bill, uh, you know, money flowing their way. I but... think the focus groups determined that people don't like to see the Gingerbread Man hurt. They, they <laughs> like him. He's a nice man. That's his one shtick, though, is him being hurt. Like, he's introduced that way. It should happen in every movie. And let's see. There's kind of a subplot with like Fiona and various famous princesses. Public like, domain princesses that look nothing like their Disney counterparts. Snow White and Sleeping Beauty. They're kind of do some Charlie's Angels shtick. Mm-hmm. I mean, a very typical Shrek scene in this movie is when Snow White is in the woods and she's singing a song and she's whistling and all the woodland creatures are cute around her and you think, oh, well, they're going to do something violent. And right? then they do. And they do. <laughs> that's, the, that's the Shrek formula. <laughs> and um, you hear formula. the Kill Bill uh, song. Yeah, <sighs> some very kind of 2007 vibes to this at certain points. Points. I wanted to ask Will, you are a big DreamWorks animation fan, right? <laughs> Can't even say it was stupid. I'm going to pretend that you meant that seriously, and I'm going to answer you. So, you love dance. We've already covered this. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the DreamWorks animation movies were coming out in the 2000s when I was just a little bit too old for did that. Did you kinda... see The Road to El Dorado? I did not. As a Kevin Klein um... Completist? <laughs> yeah, Kenneth Branagh Completist. Uh, no, I, I actually never saw The Road to El Dorado. How about Madagascar? No. Not even one of them. Not even as the completest of Noah Baumbach. <laughs> <'Cause> he, <laughs> That's he right. Co-wrote the 
third Madagascar to pay off some divorce uh, money. That, that's right. Where yeah. was that deleted scene from Marriage Story where Adam Driver's like writing an animated movie <laughs> to pay off uh, Scarlett Johansson? So listen, uh, to talk about DreamWorks animation, I do remember that in the 2000s, d- didn't you remember just a general vibe that Pixar, they made the quality movies? Absolutely. And DreamWorks, they were kind of tacky. Yeah. And the real kind of styles with Robin Williams and robots. Everybody loves that, right? Yeah. And then, you know, I don't know where uh, Wallace and Gromit fit into that. Well, I believe they were technically a DreamWorks subsidiary. Okay, but they were a nation unto themselves. Yeah, they were. Because Chicken Run is technically a DreamWorks movie. Because they were released by DreamWorks. And they believe they funded them. And one of the reasons that Wallace and Gromit people kind of left was working with Jeffrey Katzenberg was a nightmare. Wouldn't it be funny if Wallace started dropping some pop culture references? (laughs) Uh, I can imagine Jeffrey Katzenberg writing a note. It's like, what if Gromit could rap? (laughs) So looking through the DreamWorks movies, there's very memorable pictures like the ones I previously mentioned. Prince of Egypt. Remember that? Yeah, I think Shrek was clearly the one where they found their footing. Like Shrek was the one where they got the formula of, oh, it's it's uh, 3D animation and it's uh, snarky characters making quips and pop culture references. What about Megamind, the Will Ferrell classic? Never saw that. Oh, I did see B-movie. You did see? Was that a DreamWorks film? That was. I Again, that was a, a rare auteur DreamWorks film. <laughs> yeah, they Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld. And the main thing I remember about that is that scene where Ray Liotta is in it. You didn't see B-movie, I, I guess. saw it theatrically. <laughs> oh, you don't remember when the Jerry Seinfeld B sues Ray Liotta because of his honey company? I don't remember and that, there's, no. there's a full-on Ray Liotta character in it. Okay, well, you got to look that up. I mean, B-movie has become the go-to thing for people younger than us. Like, all, tons of B-movie jokes. The fact that it exists. I got to say, some of the ironic internet culture around the minions right now i have nothing against it but it it just feels i mean you rode that train uh five years ago as well yeah but it's a new generation now (laughs) it's a generation that grew up with them people kind of like uh folded will into the ironic minions love i remember you getting like main stuff for your birthday you're like why did they get me (laughs) i think you probably made one or two jokes nah you know what some twitter uh archaeologists will go back and find like a hundred million jokes that you made (laughs) But now I see the younger generation, like, dressing up in suits to go see the rise of Gru and stuff mm-hmm. and doing a big TikTok thing. And I look at it and it's just like, nothing against it. That's great. But it's it's a different era. It's a new generation. Like, you don't connect with it in that way is what you're trying to say? Yeah, yeah. But again, nothing against it. Every generation has to have their own thing. I mean, we had Over the Hedge, the Bruce Willis, Steve Carell classic, I'm going to say. That's right. I don't remember anything about that movie, which I also saw theatrically. So as you can tell, Shrek 3. The third. Shrek the third. Yeah, how dare you? I this uh, the first two. You remember I was saying that I wasn't quite sure. Maybe they were good at the time. Maybe the, this one not good. No, bad. Yeah, bad. I don't think I remember anyone praising Shrek the third. It so. felt very like it was running on fumes. And Shrek the fourth, I feel it's like a. <laughs> kind of movie like we gotta make a fourth i guess second one made so much money i bet if you just asked normal people on the street was there a fourth shrek a lot of them would not know they'll be like of course shrek the halls are scared shrekless i mean you know shrek 4 it came out made 400 million dollars or whatever and i'm sure almost nobody remembers it mm, uh, maybe there's some kids out there though like we talked about people could be very fond for these movies and us talking about them like it's insulting to them what do you say should we watch shrek 4 yep shrek then, forever after shrek forever after and then shrek the music musical okay let's do <laughs> we're it. not watching shrek the musical <laughs> so not in this say that because then people will be like when are they going to talk about shrek the musical mm-hmm. never Makes sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. that's it 
the final chapter, as the poster says, we watch Shrek forever after. Wow. Uh, what a journey it's been. We feel like we've grown with Shrek, haven't we? Man, oh man. I mean, these movies were all separated by like three years. And if you were watching them with three years distance, I think seeing the same joke and like <laughs> Puss in Boots doing the eye thing or mm-hmm. the, the gingerbread man or Pinocchio, these characters who show up again and again, there would have been some novelty. But when you watch them, as just one long movie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, folks. It does get a little tiring. I can confirm again that Will, anytime the gingerbread man showed up, Will was all smiles and laughs. <laughs> I don't know if that's quite true. You even said it while we were watching it. No. You were like, you got me. I'm a gingerbread man guy. No, no. I was being sarcastic. But the thing is the thing. In this movie, there were two moments when I sort of emitted air out of my nose slightly when I had kind of a huh. And it was both of them involved the gingerbread man. There you go. And yes, that's true. Was every single gingerbread man scene a delight to me? No. no well, but it can't two, be. But two were tepidly amusing. So Shrek is back. He has a family now and he's having a little bit of malaise. You know? I, yeah, I would say that this is more kind of like an afterword to the Shrek series. Like <laughs> the first three developed the story, whereas this one is really just kind of a, yeah, as I say, it's an afterword. It's like. Shrek, there's no further development in Shrek's life, per se. Shrek has retired to being just a a family man with three ogre kids. And as we join him in this movie, he's thinking, that's a, it's a, you know... I, I'm missing the life of being an ogre where I could scare people I used and to live be a, by myself. Yeah, I used to be an ogre. And then he signs a deal with the sinister Rumpelstiltskin that he will take a day in his past life that he forgets and he can live that day again. And he can live as an ogre again in the yeah. present. But uh-oh, the day that Rumpelstiltskin takes is the day he was born. So he makes it so that Trek was never born, basically. And Rumpelstiltskin rules far, far away, Lance. That's, that's what you need to know. It's a sort of, it's a wonderful life thing. That's 70% of the movie is an It's a Wonderful Life alternate what if Shrek was never born scenario. And what happened to Shrek was never born? Not much. Ogres are hunted. That's that's pretty much it. Well, I mean, Far Far Away Land has fallen into, it's become Pottersville basically. Mm-hmm. Like, he rules as this tyrannical despot unlike the kindly despot played by John Cleese in the earlier ones. Oh, that's right. In yeah. the Shrek films. John Cleese back in this one again. You Just in the opening scene. <laughs> For a little prologue. In a flashback. That's right. Fiona in this alternate world has become the leader of the underground ogre revolution. (laughs) And I found this interesting because this is the first Shrek movie where you get a sense that there are other ogres. Yeah, there's never any indication that there are other ogres in the world, but here they are voiced by the likes of Jane Lynch and John Hamm. The jokes in this one, I think, are pretty much the lamest ones yet. Do you? I think I would... Oh, God. The last three were real bad, but (laughs) I'm going to do my Shrek rankings right now. (laughs) One... Four, two, three. Whoa. Uh, You are overrating four, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Something that we didn't really discuss is, God damn, these Shrek films are so schmaltzy. Yeah, they are. unearned schmaltz. Yeah. Okay, if I can get back to, though, making a case for why the jokes in this one are really bad. When Mm -hmm. the Pied Piper comes, what do you think he's going to do? He's going to play, like, funky 70s music. (laughs) Yep. And he does. Love it. And he does. And they dance. And they dance. I'm sorry. That's, That's what we're talking about. That's what we're dealing with here. Uh, so wait, so how would you rate them then? It'd be one, two, three, four? So one, three is the worst. Okay, one and two. <laughs> Number one is the best by a mile. Yes. It, like, I actually, no, no contest. I actually kind of want to go back almost, and because I was 
too tepid on it in this episode. I want to go back and make clear that it was way better than any of the sequels. Mm -hmm. Then two. And then after that, I really don't know which one's better. Three Three was worse. Three was the worst. why, Why do you think that? I don't even remember what happened in the back half of three. Like he went to high school and he went then to he, Arthur's high school. He comes back and like we didn't even mention Rupert Everett's the bad guy in that one. Yeah. It's just boring. They have a play at the end. Okay, if I were to make a case for three, it's that it kind <laughs> of <laughs> fucking contrarian. <laughs> it's that it advances the story a bit. Oh, the story of Shrek. That's right. It, Isn't it just another epilogue as he's dealing with the reality? They're all epilogues, but, but Shrek Forever After is is a shameless dearth of ideas. I hey, know. I like it when the witches throw those little skull things. Oh, can I also say Shrek 4 has one of the worst scenes in any of these movies, which is when a donkey gets a scent in the woods and he sees a uh, a, a trap and it's waffles. And he goes, oh, it's the waffle fairy. The oh, waffle brought, fairy. A, brought a smile to my face. Haven't heard about waffles since the first one. Shameless callback. <laughs> Shameless. I mean, did that one even have that many pop culture references? It didn't feel like it did. Well, I mean, aside from the Pied Piper character, no, I guess this one was a little bit more um, straight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was less funny. <laughs> That's true. And this again, this is why I think I am ultimately by a hair rating this one last. What was funny in the third one, though? Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stumped I, you, eh? I am going back and forth on this. So, but you think this one's better than two, even? Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to two? Oh, we turned human. That stunk. Oh, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> First half of two has some. The only okay good part stuff. of two that we like is the Counting Crows, like accidentally in love. <laughs> oh, can we point out that four has like the worst pop songs of them all? Oh like, my god, terrible! They're all like songs that clearly came out around the time that uh, Shrek Four came out. We need some of that pre 11 magic on the soundtrack again you mm. know oh you know four is also really hurt by the fact that it ends with uh, i'm a believer cover but not by smash no Mouse. by some fucking emo like hacks it doesn't <laughs> yeah. have the pop when that smash mouth how has. did they never bring back somebody it once told me that should be like the james, every movie should be like the james bond theme <laughs> For Shrek. Like, you hear that, you're like, oh, Shrek is coming, and you're excited. That's right. Uh, Can we also point out that the humans in these movies, they look like shit. They never look any better in any of the movies. Uh, So I'm going to make a partial defense of this. (laughs) Holy shit. I could say anything, and Will would be like, wait, let's look at it from a different angle. Because I'm trying to find something in Shrek to talk about. (laughs) The main characters, Shrek, Donkey, they're very expressive. Mm -hmm. The human characters look like N64, like GoldenEye 64 cutscene characters. Like, you're not supposed to care about them. You're not supposed to take There's them literally. There's so many of them, though. Like, we're yeah. constantly looking at them. I, by the end, hated to look at Shrek's face. At the beginning, I'm like, I love Shrek. Love looking at his <laughs> dumb green face. By the end, I'm like, get it out of here. Uh, well, I, too, am tired of Shrek. <laughs> I, I think he's a pretty thin character after watching all these things. Yeah, he doesn't really have any motivation, any needs, wants, other than wanting to be an ogre again in the fourth one. And he, not wanting to be a, pa- a parent in the third one. He's just an ogre and it was only oh how dare you i know i know i'm being racist now no he's just an ogre and really only in the first one is he that much of an ogre Mm -hmm. the other ones he's very domesticated and in the fourth one it's a parody of him being an ogre you know you've grown up with shrek right huh yeah but kids what's weird about shrek 4 is like no kid is following the shrek series well i don't know listeners write in tell us 
do you have young kids and do they watch Shrek or has it been completely replaced by the Minions? Absolutely been replaced by the Minions. And I hear Cars is very big with kids as well, but they cannot okay. get enough of Cars. Interesting. Yeah, because you just got to understand if you're younger, Shrek was everywhere. Shrek was the man. Shrek was life. Yeah. <laughs> Shrek was love. And I actually am genuinely curious, are kids watching Shrek at all? Are parents forcing their kids to watch Shrek because they have fond memories of it? I mean, it's tough to watch in streaming. It's on Crave in Canada, one, two, and then three and four are on Netflix. I genuinely hope I never see Shrek's face again <laughs> after today. I mean, you you said, you asked me, do you think this is going to be better or worse than the, than the Ernest Marathon? You were dying during the Ernest Marathon, though. You were, like, grabbing your head and you were like, oh. The Ernest Marathon did have one more movie. And again, the level of competence in those movies was a lot lower. But Jim Varney as a force, I feel much more affection for than Shrek. That's right. There's nothing in the Shrek movies that I have any affection for. Yeah. So they're playing and I'm like, I don't like Mike Myers doing this voice. Eddie Murphy is funny playing the donkey for exactly one minute <laughs> per film. <laughs> and then I have to sit with him for another nine. 94 minutes. And he's like Stifler in the American Pie movies, where it's just each movie you get more and more of them. <laughs> I thought you said that the gingerbread man was like the Stifler. We're all Stifler. Let's rank uh, our favorite fairy tale creatures uh, Wolf, Gingerbread Man, uh, Pinocchio, the three pigs. Hey, what happened to the three blind mice? They didn't show up after the second one, I guess. No, I think they're in the third. Oh, God, I don't know. It's I'm just in a fugue state. <laughs> Listen, we got to go back to the beginning and restart. Take okay, notes. okay, we'll watch them all again. So I guess at the end of the day, Shrek, not good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you were there on opening weekend in 2001, like I was. I was definitely there on opening weekend. Yeah. It's still not good, though, at this point in time, especially when, like, Shrek was coming out and then Pixar films were coming out in close proximation to that. Which were much better. Much better, than yeah. I mean, now, well, I don't know what big kids-centered animated films are very popular. The Minions. Yeah, that's right. The Minions. That's pretty much it. Those yeah. are the big kind of like bearer children's entertainment. Like, what's the last Pixar? Was Lightyear a Pixar film or was that it technically is, a Disney film? It is film? a Pixar film. Okay. And, uh, Nobody liked that one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not very good. Uh, I would just say that I watched Spirited Away a couple weeks ago. <laughs> At one point, while watching Shrek, someone was flying through the air and Will was like, ah, Spirited Away. <laughs> and I would say that I appreciate that movie more after a uh, Shrek marathon. And I'm sorry if that sounds snobby to say. I mean, those are my Miyazaki films. It's like, enough, enough. I've seen too much of them. But if the alternative is watching more Shrek... Put on that Miyazaki movie forever. How no about more. how about next marathon? Because there will be a next marathon. <laughs> we do something not dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't that defeat the purpose of a marathon? You're right. It's got to be an endurance test. Because like, like if it ends and we have like smiles on our faces, oh what a great time! No one wants to hear well, about that. Well, can we want do something like fun, like all all the Leprechaun movies or something <laughs> like so, like a horror series? Do you know how many Leprechaun films? Okay. Leprechaun one, two, goes to Vegas, goes to space. Goes to the hood, goes back to the hood. Uh, okay, remake ha- sci-fi original. There's eight Leprechaun movies. How about all the Black Emmanuel films? Oh god, <laughs> that is not an entertaining ride. Wait, didn't we pitch one while we were watching it? And you're like, "That's our next one." Yes, but that that feels like that feels like five days ago. <laughs> yeah, I said Arthur, and you're like, "We already did a Patreon episode on Arthur." That's right, the Dudley Moore. Uh, oh, but there was another series. one, something John Cleese related. Oh, um, you said a John Cleese marathon. No, no, I said I pitched John. Cleese has an episode. episode yeah but we want to uh, wait until his next masterwork comes out and then we'll tackle him okay uh, but yeah if you have any marathon ideas i don't know hit us up on twitter if it's one that we find funny but may not be as painful as that you know you win the no prize yeah. because 
God. I can't, like, all the Shreks. What could be worse than all the Shreks? You know what? That's a lie. I've already experienced the worst marathon of all time, and that is the Sniper movies, because there is not one good Sniper film in eight of them. You also did, eight of them. You also did a, a marathon of the Evil Bong movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you just reminded me. I've been doing therapy to get rid of it. <laughs> That's the worst. Well, there you go, That is the worst. There you go. There's your 300th episode. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, this week on our Patreon, what are we talking about, Will? We are looking back at the run of the podcast, and we're each going to pick our top five episodes. Not necessarily our top five favorite episodes, just for the episode itself. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I don't remember them. No, I don't remember them. But maybe, like, we can look at topics and go, oh, yeah, like, that made me discover this, or made me look deeper into that. The five episodes that to us are kind of the most significant, personally. Mm Mm-hmm. So you can listen to that by joining the Patreon at patreon.com slash the important cinema club and we actually do have a couple of letters and the first one's from Juan Damien and he goes hey Justin and Will I wanted to ask a question in regards to the frequent observation from you both that there are no more movie stars at times I find myself agreeing with you on this Will often mentions that Tom Cruise is one of the last but I have to ask what about Ryan Reynolds The Rock or Kevin Hart maybe the box office receipts don't bear this out but I feel these three are often talked about granted I often hear this from students I teach at the middle school I work at but what say you all sincerely Juan uh uh, what say you? Hmm. This is an interesting one. I kind of brought The Rock up when we talked about Tom Cruise a couple episodes ago and the fact that he's a movie star in some senses, but he doesn't have what me and you would think of as a movie star. Well, he, he appears in a lot of movies. He's a multimedia star. Yes. He's a he's an Instagram star. He's a TV star. But he's also nothing in his own way because he is everything. Yeah. This is a hard thing to define and to put like a scientific uh, number on or mm-hmm. whatever because obviously if you add up the rocks box office it amounts to a lot uh kevin hart i mean i guess he's kind of the biggest comedy star we've got going right now but but even his films are doomed to netflix like the man yeah. from toronto one of his films just opened on netflix to literally like whispers no one caring and there are so many movie stars who are as much about the characters they play like robert downey jr mm-hmm. is i don't know how huge a draw he is outside of iron man i mean didn't he make that like good lawyer movie that nobody went and saw that's right and then he didn't do another non-marvel movie again for about 10 years until he made his big comeback dr doolittle and what a great film that was can't wait for the next one <laughs> and ryan reynolds yeah i guess i hey look i mean the numbers don't lie. He's famous. Uh, but even he's like, I don't want to make movies anymore. Remember he made that statement recently? Listen, it's not movie stars anymore. Now it's all about pitchmen for alcohol. Can I also just say that Ryan Reynolds, Kevin Hart, The Rock, they're all about 50. Mm-hmm. Like they might be 48, 49. And I think that's a problem. When they're the, when we're identifying them as the young guard of movie stars, I don't know. I mean, I guess Timothy Chalamet is sort of a movie star now, but... Yeah, but could you imagine a Timothy Chalamet vehicle that, like, it's on his back in the same way that a Tom Cruise movie is? Yeah, he doesn't have, like, it's not like Days of Thunder mm-hmm. or a Starring, cocktail, you yeah, know? <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. So this is something that I think we'll explore as we continue to watch movies. And maybe be, due to the way that films are released now, and because there's a constant onslaught, movie stars can't exist anymore. Well, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I'll rise. I, I will answer the call. So our next letter is from Adam Trainer, and it the subject line is mean letters. Uh-oh. He goes, hey, Justin Will, I've been listening to a few older episodes I previously missed when I was 
taken aback to hear during the Bela Lugosi episode, not one, but two kind of snarky and mean letters. I may be wrong here. I listened to most, but not every episode. And I don't remember you guys ever reading any other negative letters. I found it somewhat baffling, but was more than a little intrigued. So in honor of your 300th episode, I was wondering whether you'd allow us a peek behind the curtain, so to speak, in discussing some of the more memorable or odd, not necessarily nasty letters you may have received over the course of the podcast. Uh, this would come to me because I'm the one who gets all the letters. There's not really that many mean letters. Some of them that we've received and if they're really mean i'll be like Ugh, and just like forget about it and just continue move, moving along and how often do we get something like that very rarely okay don't send us mean letters please it hurts our feelings we're very thin-skinned so <laughs> one mean letter and oh i got glad i saved this for the 300th episode i've never told will this was someone claiming to be vincent minnelli's granddaughter and it was the most expletive email i've ever seen <laughs> like what <laughs> yes <laughs> calling us like idiots uh, the f word all over the place like it was bananas this did, email did we no i did not read it i didn't even send it to you but did we even say anything mean about no, no i think we were just like eh not for us or like here I think, or there I think, I think you said that yeah i i mean i'm pro manelli <laughs> and if she's listening right now i just want you to know uh, so you i remember that episode you called it something like Vincent Minnelli, like, more art than something or yeah. other. Like, so maybe she was responding to that. Or maybe it was just someone that was not her and claiming to be her. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It's like, I, I do remember that episode. I remember very little about that. But I do remember that at least you were kind of mixed on some of them. Mm. I think you were maybe a little more mixed on Meet Me in St. Louis than the consensus is. Yes, I was. Uh, I, again, if she's listening, I think Manelli was <laughs> a great filmmaker. <laughs> like the email was, I literally deleted and it. I'm, like, I'm, no, thank you. I'm taking Justin and I'm throwing him under a bus because <laughs> I want to get in good with the Manelli family. <laughs> yep, uh, that's right. I'd love to hang out with Liza. Come on. Ooh, I, probably not at this point. Oh. Maybe leave her alone, please. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, yeah, not uh, any odd or mean ones because hmm. uh i i try we try not to be mean or like disparaging to anything that we talk about so and most people i think they unless get... they deserve it like like vincente minnelli you know <laughs> that 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 hack oh wait that wasn't will that was will's evil twin uh till sloan that just <laughs> ran in and said that on mic and then ran out and the letter continues huge congratulations on your 300th episode i want to echo all the sentiments of the other letter writers who blow smoke up your asses every week in praising the podcast well thank you well thank Thank you, but then how come I can't stop thinking about the occasional people who say mean things about me? <laughs> well, listen, Will. How come that haunts me? And yet all these all these letters from all you like, nice we people. We get letters every week, multiple letters, people saying like, oh, uh, thanks, Will, thanks. And well, then on Twitter, someone will be like, you fucking suck, Will. And they'll have like three followers. And I'll be nursing it for a week <laughs> after like, why don't they like me? Why don't they like me? Maybe it's what you put out that is then reflected back upon you, Will. But here's the thing. All these letter writers seem to like me. But it doesn't affect you though he said so well see we're at like we're at like 99 percent of people in the world like me right now and i just want to get that Ooh, i don't know extra, about that i just want to get that extra one percent the argument i like to make well i've never actually made this argument is that your twitter personality is like the first 10 episodes of the important cinema club <laughs> when you come here you're much nicer in my presence than you are on your own i think uh i'm actually very nice on twitter and uh <laughs> and i just want you to think about that 
You know, people who, like to, people who like to see say, I'm a very nice man, are the nicest around. I am very nice. All right. And uh, wait, the letter continues. Also, just fulfilling my duty as an Australian listener, reminding you once again that you still haven't tackled any Aussie directors. I know our national cinema a bit shit, but there's some good stuff in there. All the best. And here's the next 300. Cheers, Adam. Okay, well, listen, we've had a lot of requests for Australia. And, it's and a- we got one. It's coming up at some point. Yeah, yeah. We can say what it is. You know, 300, all secrets go aside. It's obviously going to be Yahoo Serious. <laughs> <laughs> we have talked about Yahoo Serious, but um, uh, I'm sorry, his name is escaping me right now, but the guy who directed The Man from Hong Kong. Oh, Brian Trenchard-Smith. I'd love to do one on him. Oh yeah, I'd love to do a Brian. That would give me a reason to crack open his autobiography I have sitting on my shelf as well. Thank you very much for that email, uh, Adam, and Juan. I don't think I said thank you for that email. And the last letter, it goes, Justin and Will, longtime listener, and I just wanted to say, I find Marvel movies are visually dull and formulaic. Novel critique, I know. Being a frequent Twitter user, I refrain for reiterating this critique. Every day I'm inundated with posts dunking on over-reliance of green screen, soy banter, etc. I notice that you do not really partake in this, but also doubt you share the love for the MCU. Do you find the constant discourse about every Disney IP, even if negative, tedious and even unconstructive? Don't feel it's necessary to dogpile every anonymous account calling Scorsese movies boring or unfunny. In some ways, it's playing into Disney's hands. After all, corporations just care if products consume or show that's an algorithm. Not if it's liked or good. Are you in agreement on this? Yes. Uh, yes, I am in agreement. <laughs> it popped up again this week. I can't fucking believe it. Like, I have so many words muted on my Twitter, so I don't have to see any Marvel stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm, I am a little tired of just everything about it. How many years of this do we have to go through? <laughs> like, yeah. it, it's bananas. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I actually really enjoyed the Marvel movies early on. Not anymore. <laughs> when, when did it change for you? Probably, you know, after Avengers Endgame, I was like, that's good. Can't wait to see what they have next. That's what they have next. Okay, maybe the next one. Mm, No, bad. Yeah, I kind of stopped going to see the Marvel movies Mm -hmm. because I didn't like them. And it was... uh, And recently... Why why keep going to see something you don't like? Recently, there's been so much old IP stuff or like Marvel IP showing up on Disney Plus. Like, hey, hey, you're going to watch Moon Knight, right? You're going to watch Obi-Wan. You're going to watch Miss Marvel. And here's what I started doing. I watch one episode, I go, this is bad. Don't watch any other ones. Feels good, man. What I'll say is the sort of monopolistic business practices that a company like Disney operates on, I think are worth criticizing. I think it's okay to criticize them, but... If that's all you do, though. Well, yeah, I think I would rather think about things that I like Mm -hmm. and uh, devote my life to spreading the word about great cinema, like in this episode, Shrek. (laughs) But but in other episodes, maybe other things. <laughs> the thing about the Marvel stuff on the internet is that people do it because you'll get clicks, you'll get replies, and some people, that's all they want. They just want to be in the conversation. Well, I wouldn't know anything about <laughs> no, that. you wouldn't know anything yeah. about that. What's in the news? What can I tweet about? <laughs> so, yeah, it is exhausting. And anytime I see it, I'm like, no, please. Just because, like, my eyes going up the Twitter thread that I have to read it. Those are seconds I'm not getting back in my life. Yeah, yeah, something to that. So thank you very much for the letter. And next week, I guess we're doing, I don't know, Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> yeah, who's he? Uh, well, we'll find out next week. Until then, my name's Justin Clue. I'm Will Slough. Thanks for listening. So much to do, so much to see, so much to Taking the back streets, you'll never know if you don't go. You'll never shine if you don't glow. Okay, Justin Clerks 3, what do you think? Oh boy. It's a movie that every time until the trailer came out, it moved out of my vision. I forgot it existed. So when Karen was like, 
Clerk 3 trailer's coming out. I was like, huh, what? There's a Clerk 3? <laughs> and so I was there, you know, in the live chat, um, refreshing, <laughs> waiting for that trailer to come out. Then I saw it, and I had forgotten what the subject of the movie was. It's what that, is it, Will? It's that the Clerks are going to make a movie about being Clerks, and it's going to be basically the first Clerks. Oh, boy. Okay. Here's I'm the not thing. even supposed to be here today. I like it. When actors are old on screen that yeah. had previously been young. This is Jeff Anderson's Max Rose. <laughs> yes. And Brian O'Halloran's as well. Yeah. So I like that. Uh, Kevin Smith has showed me no indication in the past 15 years. Uh, let's try the past 30. Yeah. That this movie will be fun. I don't know. I don't know if you've watched Chasing Amy lately. And what was before that? Mall Rats? <laughs> I, you know, Mall Rats, one of the better ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not too Clerks, hot. though, still holds up. I'm afraid to find out. Did we do a Patreon episode on Clerks? I no, believe we've, we've no. never we've never done a Patreon episode on Clerks. Okay, we'll have to do it. I mean, we watched Clerks two together. Oh boy, Clerks two is, uh, is awful. Bad. Yes, it's Clerks two is actually worse than people remember it. Yes, I saw a tweet someone posted under Kevin Smith. He's like, I watch Clerks two multiple times per year, and I'm like, my God, you must hate looking at that color scheme. <laughs> He loves that donkey scene, though. Loves that, it. That donkey scene where it's like there's no joke. But, you know, Kevin Smith is in the period of his life now where he's just kind of like, I mean, I'm saying the period of his life now, as if it hasn't been the last 20 years, where he goes through the hits and you see all these actors over and over again. And I like that. I like to see these actors, you know, visiting old friends or eh, friends, visiting acquaintances you had in high school that you were their friends because you didn't know anybody else. Yeah, the Kevin Smith movies now are just all about about him and about, they're, they're all self-referential. It's always tributes to the first third of his career. Mm -hmm. It's like his movies are more personal than Jonas Mikas's diary films at this point. <laughs> they are. <laughs> yeah, like I remember there's a scene in Jay and Silent Bob reboot where they're at an airport and like there's a reference to the Kevin Smith Too Fat to Fly incident from 2010 and, and I'm watching it thinking, okay, well, this is for me because I have an encyclopedic knowledge it's of, for no one else, of Smith's life and career. But for most people in the world, like that movie also has a ton of references to like Yoga Hosers and Cop Out and Jersey Girl, the ones that didn't do too well. You know, it seems like it's self-deprecating, but actually it's self-aggrandizing in a way because he's assuming you remember Yoga Hosers and Cop Out. For most people, Cop Out, that is very far in the rearview mirror. He's talked about, though, that he does not expect any of his new movies to bring new people into the fold. Like, he is preaching to the choir that has existed for decades and that has held on. I think he should do whatever he wants to do. That's mm -hmm. what I think. I think if, if this is what he wants to be, if this is the art he wants to make, then I support that. Like, and, you don't have to watch it. Like, you well, can literally so, okay. just push it away. I mean, first, you are going to watch first it. First of all, I have to watch it. How many times have you watched a Clerks 3 trailer at this point? Be oh, honest. Oh, probably at least six. <laughs> I don't know. He's just like hanging out with those people. Yeah, I love I love Dante. I love Randall. <laughs> I, I can't believe they're still in the port, the quick stop. That's how the second one ended, didn't it? That they bought the quick stop. Yeah, that's right. I wish that he had shot this movie on black and white 35 millimeter. He should have done it for 27,000 again. Oh my God. Could do it. You know that Robert Rodriguez did that recently and that movie didn't come out that he made for $7,000. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he probably looked at it and went, oh, yeah, you know, I'm not that place in my life anymore. Mm -hmm. But the movie, there's a really funny shot of uh, Randall in the hospital bed going like, oh, my life has been meaningless. That's every one of us as we rewatch 
rewatch that trailer again. So are you going to come see Clerks 2 during its Absolutely. two night? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean Clerks 3. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to say, though, I've met Kevin Smith. Very nice man. So. Well, I got to say, Kevin Smith does seem like a nice guy. He seems very good to his fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a very savvy businessman. He's very good at the retail politics of of filmmaking you know that the shaking hands the signing posters and we can't hold it against him either that he tried to do different stuff red state we watched it it was not good that's the thing like you you gotta you gotta just let him understand that he well i think he understands that yeah that like he doesn't do that stuff like we watch yoga hosers and was red state kind of the last one where it was him trying to make a movie that could be considered a good movie Tusk is Tusk. I've Arguably never seen that. Tusk. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Well, Patreon episode right there. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen Tusk. I've seen enough scenes of it. It's so funny that I just said, wow, you've never seen Tusk. <laughs> As if and anybody's ever said that. It is a constant uh, point of humor because I remember Walrus. Yes. Walrus. Yes. Well, I mean, that movie, I was in the circle when that was happening. You were going to every Midnight Madness premiere. I did not see Tusk at Midnight Madness. And it won the audience award because all of Kevin's loyal fans were there. Most of the years we would get like a pass that you could see all the movies. That was the year where they kind of removed the pass. So, so you I had to pay your to. 30 bucks for every movie individually. Uh, I believe Tusk may have been a gala. So that was $50. $50 <laughs> for <Yes>. Tusk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm expecting you to be like, and I was there. Well, no, I saw it a week later on opening night at the Young and Dundas. And uh, it was probably me and two other, you know, Kevin Smith dead enders in the audience. (laughs) But you know what? I'll be there for the screening of Clerks 3. And you know what? I hope I enjoy it. I hope I have a smile on my face the entire time. Oh, I always want to have a good time at the movies. And look, I will enjoy Clerks 3. (laughs) You will. Don't you love to see... It will be bad, but I will enjoy it. (laughs) Don't you love to see Ben Affleck appear even in the trailer? (laughs) Like... I think this speaks to what a nice man Kevin must be, that he Mm. can keep pulling in these favors over and over. Well, you know, after his heart attack, Ben Affleck's like, I feel bad that I abandoned Kevin for so long. So I'm coming back. I'm helping him out. Clerks 3. We'll see you there, folks. Yeah. uh, Scrape off a spot on your top 10 list. (laughs) Clerks 3 is going right on there. Snoochie boochies. (laughs) 